Now you can worship with the Cameron United Methodist Church anywhere around the world. Our weekly sermons are broadcast live on Facebook, and our worship services will be available on podcast. November 3rd is All Saints Sunday. This is the worship service where we remember and celebrate our church members and loved ones who have passed away during the last year. If you have someone that you would like recognized at our All Saints service, please fill out information on the tear tab of your bulletin and place it in the offering plate. This will be a very moving service, so feel free to invite family and friends whose lives were touched by your loved one who has passed. In the yard next to our education building is a blessing box. The idea is that through this box, individuals in our community who are hungry can stop by and grab a few items to eat and drink. Also, they are able to grab items for personal hygiene like toothbrushes, toothpaste, and soap. If you would like to donate items for this ministry, you can place them in the drop box located in the front entryway. Table Talk Spiritual Formation Groups will be meeting every Sunday night at 6 p.m. and every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. We will be discussing the scripture and sermon from Sunday morning. So come Sunday or come on Tuesday to our education building and join the conversation. morning. It's nice to see you all this morning. Uh, my name is Kobe Pulse. I'm the associate pastor here at Cameron UMC. Uh, what a beautiful morning it is out. The sun's shining, wonderful fall morning. We've got people back from our mission trip. We've got folks back from other trips. It's nice to see everybody this morning. Um, something we do here at Cameron UMC is uh, as we gather here, we, we realize that God's presence is here with us. Jesus says as we gather in his name that, that he gathers with us. And so one thing we do is uh, we light these candles to remind us that Christ is here with us in this place, in this moment. As we come and worship, He comes to fill us, build us up, and encourage us to go out and do His work this week. So if you would all please stand with me as we welcome the light of Christ into our presence. Please join me in prayer. Holy God, you are in this place. You are here with us right now. We thank you. We come to you with our songs. We come to you with our worship. We come to you with our full attention, focused on you, removing any distractions, any frustrations, any little anxieties that we may have, pushing them all aside, bringing complete focus on you in this moment, in this place, where we get to just worship and enjoy this moment. 
maybe our only peaceful moment all throughout the week, but, but here it is. So we give you our full attention in this moment as you come be with us. Guide our hearts where we fall short, build us up, encourage us in this moment where we drift away from you. Remind us this morning to come back. Wherever we lack, fill us with that need that we may be your people in this world for your purpose. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's all join in our hymn of praise. Praise the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to the Lord. Let all that is within us come and adore him. Please be seated. In your uh, bulletins, there is a, uh, there's a little tear-off sheet here. Um, if you would, take a moment, check that out, put down some information there. Just let us know who all is joining us this morning. Uh, if you want to just put your name, that's fine. If you want to give us a little more information, that would be wonderful. Um, there is a spot on there um, to, uh, on, the, on the front side, it just kind of gives some information about you. On the back there, there's a place for prayer requests. Um, we have a, a prayer team that meets on Monday mornings. So if you have something, uh, you have a, maybe an appointment coming up this week, you've got something you're facing in your personal life, you've got something that you would just like some prayer for, just make a little note right there. You can mark on there, I just want the pastor to know about this, and only Dan would or I would, would get that. If you want the prayer team to be praying for you, you mark that little box. Or we, in the blue sheet, we have some of our prayer requests 
for the whole church to be praying. So you mark which one you would like, whatever your prayer request is, and drop that in the offering plate. That way we'll know how to be praying for you and your family. Also at the bottom of that, you'll notice the All Saints uh, little spot there for tear tabs um, to let us know. Uh, All Saints Sunday is coming up in a few weeks. If you have a loved one that's passed away over these last uh, 12 months and would like them to be remembered and celebrated on All Saints Sunday, just give us a little bit of their information and uh, we'll make sure that we have, uh, have them as part of our All Saints Sunday service on November uh, 3rd, I think it is. So, um, so there's that. Um, also, wanted to be sure that you're aware, um, yesterday we had ShareFest. We hosted a ShareFest uh, event here at our church, and it was a beautiful day for it. There was a people from, I don't know, I don't remember how many churches, all kinds of different churches, different denominations, different towns that all came together to do some, uh, to put together some, some packages that will be sent out to organizations that, that provide for, for needy and impoverished families. So there was a lot of things that we did and collected. One of the things we did was we uh, put together some letters to go to our congressmen to uh, request, ask them to please be supportive of ministries and organizations that provide food for the hungry that provide for impoverished families and give them what they need to be nourished. Um, Mary Ellen mentioned there are some more letters in the back here. If you would like to fill one of those out, um, please take a moment on this back table over here, grab one of those and fill it out. Um, here in a minute, we'll, we'll pray over the ones that we wrote yesterday as part of our pastoral prayer. But, uh, but and we'll talk a little bit more about ShareFest Share here in a minute. Um, so in this moment, we're going to go to our, uh, we have an affirmation of faith, and uh, this is something we did last week. I always liked doing this when I was at Gilman City, doing an affirmation of faith, especially the Apostles' Creed. I think it is so important for us to know as Christians exactly what we believe. Now, there's a lot that goes into that, but there's some very just core basic things, and the reason why I'm so passionate about this is one time I had someone come up to me and say, uh, they were of a different faith. They went door to door and was asking people, you know, about their faith. And they said uh, they saw my shirt uh, had a cross on it and wanted to talk to me about my faith. And I said, "Well, I'm a pastor in a Methodist church." Oh, Methodist. Well, what do you believe? And so I said, "Well, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord." And went through the entire Apostles' Creed. I think it's important for us to know that because sometimes people are actually in our everyday life that have never been to church. Can you believe that? There are actually people who have never been to church. And we say we're a Christian. Well, what do you believe? Oh, well, and we stumble around. Or maybe we have this creed that we know by heart. And we can say, well, I believe there is a God. God the Father, right? So in this moment, if you would please join me in our affirmation of faith. This is the core of what our entire faith is based upon. Please join me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. That's right. <laughs> that had to be Oliver. Was that Oliver? <laughs> that was Oliver. Nice to see you, buddy. <laughs> wonderful. Well, as I mentioned, uh, there was this, this wonderful things that happened yesterday. It was a beautiful day that we collected food. We collected blankets. There was paper goods for women's shelters and different organizations. Um, one of the things we did was we wrote these letters as part of our prayers of the people this morning. I want to remember all those things that was accomplished and that all these goods, as they're distributed to families, that somehow through that they would feel God's love and grace through, the, through our efforts yesterday. If you would please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you 
for the many blessings that we have in our lives. We thank you for, for our abundance. Even when it doesn't seem like we have abundance, we thank you for the abundance of love and grace. We thank you for all the resources that we have given to us by, by all the different means that we are able to, to have in our own personal lives. Many of those things that we take for granted in our everyday life. What a wonderful reminder it is to have days like yesterday when we come together for, for a good purpose of gathering for those that don't have what we have. That they could somehow maybe just be blessed by this, knowing that there are a group of people that took time out of their busy schedules for the sole purpose of blessing them with food, blessing them with a blanket. We pray that you be a part of everything that has been distributed yesterday, everything that's still setting out in this trailer in our parking lot, everything written in these letters, Lord. You call us to have a heart for those who are hungry, to have a heart for those who are lost, to have a heart for those who are hurting, imprisoned, whether that's physical prison or, a, or some kind of personal prison. You call us not to just have a heart for them, actually you call us to go and make a difference in those lives. We pray that the work that was done yesterday makes a difference in those lives. As we send these letters out, let, them, let these congressmen, these folks that read these letters and receive them, let them hear our pleas to, to join us in this feeding of the hungry. Join us in meeting the needs of those who are impoverished. But as your church, don't let it end with a letter. Don't let it end with goods that were collected yesterday. As your church, guide us to be your church and to go out and do that ourselves in all the little ways that we can. Because while it's wonderful to gather things together, what we are really called to do is go be your church, to meet those people in those places. Guide us, direct us, give us what we need so that we can go and be the church that they need. We thank you. We praise you. We ask this in Christ's holy name as we come to you in the way he taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I think I just messed up the Lord's Prayer somehow. <laughs> I've been praying that since I was Oliver's age, and I just messed that up. Grace, please. <laughs> Um, so we are <laughs> trying to think, what are we doing now? We've got our children's moment, and Tracy Welsh is doing our children's message today. Kids, you want to come up from our, for our children's moment? If you'd like to take a moment, greet someone around you, tell them good morning, nice to see you, shake their hand, show some love. All right, good morning, kids. Good morning. So, Pastor Kobe kind of gave us an indication of what he's going to talk a lot about today, and that's serving. That through serving others, we serve God. So, I was thinking, you guys are kind of little. Does that mean that because you're little and you're younger, that you're just not going to do anything that gets to serve God and serve others, and you've got to wait until you're big? 
I got some big head shaking. No, that's completely wrong. What's some things that you guys can do now that can serve others or serve God? Anybody have some ideas of how you do it? Hmm. What's some things you guys can do? You know, I think last week I heard a bunch of you guys singing during church. Is that serving? Yeah, that's serving. And you know, one of the things when I was looking up in the Bible that I didn't remember seeing before is that there's a spot in the Bible that God, well, in the Bible it lists some of the people that were the first ones to sing and sing as part of worship in in the temple. Now, this was like thousands of years ago, people whose names we really don't remember, obviously, but God loves you guys worshiping through song so much that some of their names are in the Bible. So now, what's some other ways you guys can worship, or you could serve, sorry, you could serve? What's some things you guys do to help others? Anybody have any ideas? Can we be helpful when we share? Is that serving? Can we be helpful when we say nice things to somebody that's hurting? You know, another thing I remember from last week is you guys had signed a card to give to Pastor Dan because his family's hurting at the, at the loss of his father-in-law. And you guys sent a card. And so that was serving others. Can you guys, th- I can't believe you guys are quiet today. I was expecting lots of answers, Oliver. You're being quiet today, aren't you? You know, hmm, are you thinking of something you can do to help others? Okay, when you think of it, let me know. How about little things like opening the doors for others? That's serving, isn't it? Cleaning things, yeah, wiping the table off, sweeping. Have you thought of something? At school, my, like my sister, like the, like she just shut like out, just open, letting me go in. Your sister lets you go in first and helps you out. No. no. She, she goes in first and then she just shuts the door. Oh. So sometimes, sometimes we forget to serve others, don't we? It happens. Even to the best of us, it happens. Oh, Oliver thought of that. Penelope, I want him to talk this time. Okay, what's something we can do? My, my mom and dad tickle me. I tell them to stop and they stop. So, yep, you're right. We can listen to what other people want and do what they want. That's being serving them, isn't it? That's being nice. So we've got lots of things that we can do. We can share our toys. We can... Um, we can give hugs to some of the people around church that feel like they need hugs. You gave your sister a hug. That's being that's serving. That's being nice. So, and you know what all of us can do, no matter how old or young we are? We can talk to God in prayer, and we can talk about those people that we, those things that we know that are needed for others. So, I want to do that right now. Can we do a quick prayer? Okay. Can we do a prayer? Thank you, God, that no matter how old we are or how young we are, that we can do things that are nice for others. And by serving others, we are doing nice things for you. And thank you for loving us and letting us love you back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture this morning is in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10 and verses 19 through 22. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Verse 19, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. This is the word of our holy God. Amen. So in this letter to the Ephesian church, there's this this theme that kind of carries throughout this letter about uh, God's plan to reconcile the, the Jewish people and the Gentile people. He's got this plan to reconcile really all people through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's kind of mentioned throughout the whole letter how this, this plan of God. So what we kind of learned through that is God's on a mission. God's on a mission to reconcile all people. In fact, actually, God's on a mission to reconcile all creation through Jesus Christ. The death and the resurrection. It's God's on this mission to bring unity and harmony to all creation through the redemptive powers of Jesus Christ, what He has done for us. Now, we know that God's still on that mission because when we look around, I mean, how much unity and harmony do you see in the world around us in all of creation? There's not a lot of unity and harmony between us, right? So we know that God's still on this mission now because we don't have the unity and harmony that, that God could put together. So God's still on this mission The really cool part about it is we get to be a part of this mission. In fact, we are a vital part of that mission. God's plan to reconcile all people through Jesus Christ in a very big way includes us, God's church, God's people. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, uh, it's a wonderful chapter. Uh, We talked about this at youth group, and so part of this you've already heard at youth group. I apologize. Well, I don't apologize. You, You need to hear it. You've got to hear it again. Chapter 2 is this wonderful chapter where um, it just beautifully lays out the gospel for us. The good news of Jesus Christ is just laid out for us. In verse 1, it says, it says, once we were dead. It reminds us that once we were separated from God because of our disobedience, because of our many sins, and it says that we were actually dead. Spiritually, we were dead. But, verse 4, because God is so rich in mercy, gave us life. Through Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, right? Verse 1, once we were dead, verse 4, but now we are alive in Christ. Verse 8 reminds us that, that God has saved us by His grace. Nothing we can do to earn it. There's, not a, you know, there's no set, you've got to do this many good things. You've got to collect this many cans of soup 
and then go and distribute them out to this many families. You know, there's no set amount of work we have to do. It's just God offers us this gift of grace. By God's grace, we are offered the gift of, of life with God. But we receive it through our faith, right? By grace, through faith. You received this gift when you believe. So this wonderful message of, of what God has done for us is just really kind of laid out. Right there it is. Once we were dead, but now we're alive because of what God has done. And so we receive that, and we live according to that, right? By grace, through faith. This wonderful gospel message just laid out for us. But, the, you know, there's this real, there's a real glory, I think, of God's grace is not just by grace we are saved, the real glory is that God's grace goes beyond salvation. It extends beyond that. That there's this, this work that starts to happen within, within us. God, by His grace, in our salvation, in our relationship with God through Christ, God does this work of grace through His Holy Spirit to sanctify us and set us apart for His holy purpose. Set us apart for His holy mission. So by Jesus Christ, we are justified, we are reconciled with God. Through the Holy Spirit, we are sanctified and set apart for God's mission. What's God's mission? To reconcile all people through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So God works in our lives through the Holy Spirit to set us apart for His holy purpose. But we're not called to live apart. We're set apart from the world but we're not called to live apart from the world. We are still very much in this world. We're still very much in this life where there's trial and trouble. We're still living in, in the trenches of life here. But we are here to bring hope. We are here to show that there is real love and kindness still in this world today, that it really does exist still in this world, in this world that seems so lost, in this world that seems so, just such a major letdown, so many times, there still is kindness, love, and grace in this world. That's through us. God, by His Spirit, works within us, sets us apart for His holy purpose, His mission. So the church, the body of Jesus Christ, is supposed to be proof that there is kindness and love in the world today. We are proof that God is still at work. God's still on his mission, doing what God has planned to do long ago. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 7, it says that God points to his church, God points to us, his church, as an example of the incredible grace and kindness he has shown to us. We're supposed to be an example of what God's grace and kindness can do in a person's life. An example means that other people need to see it, right? So in your life, God's doing this work for you to be an example of God's work. You are an example. Let me take this a little deeper. You are an example of death and resurrection, right? Because didn't it say once we were dead, but now we are alive in Christ? That means we are an example of death and resurrection. So let's go one step further. That means we are an example of the gospel. That's what you are in your life. Once you were dead, but now by God's grace, through faith, you are alive. Isn't that the gospel message, right? You are a living example of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in a minute. Wherever you go, wherever in this world, in this life, whoever's path you cross, you are a living example of God's grace and kindness for a world that is desperate to see it. I think that's why he says in, chapter, in verse 10, we are God's masterpiece. Other translations say we are God's workmanship. I like this one because it says we are God's masterpiece. Look at what God has done. You know, when an artist just doodles something on a piece of paper, they don't frame that for everybody to see. 
They frame their masterpieces. I want everyone to see this. That's what God has done in you. God says, you're my masterpiece. I want everyone to see you and the work that I've done in your life. Now, when we think of a work of art, when we think of like a painting or something, we might sometimes think of our life kind of resembling that famous George Washington painting, uh, this painting here. It's a beautiful painting. It's very well done, but it's unfinished, right? So if we were to think about how God's working in our life, all the grace, all the love, the kindness that God is pouring into our lives, we might think of ourselves as, as this picture of George Washington. Well, you know, God's done some beautiful things in my life, but, but God's still working on me. I'm not finished yet. God's got some unfinished business in my life. He's still working and I'm still growing, right? That's probably the way most of us would probably talk about God's work in our life. There's some beautiful things happening, but, but we're unfinished, right? But if we were going to be really, really honest with ourselves, we might realize instead of this beautiful masterpiece that's unfinished, we might actually work more like that weird art that you see sometimes. Something like this. <laughs> Our youth group went to Kansas City um, to a youth conference this summer. And where the parking garage was that we parked at every day, we, what were we there, three days? Is that right? Three days. We parked in the parking garage, and then where everything was at, you know, we had to walk by this statue three or four times a day. And every time we walked by this statue, we just... What, am I, what are my eyes seeing here? There's, there's feet that just kind of grow up into two giant fingers with something coming out the back, maybe some more fingers. What am I looking at, right? Well, you know, if we were honest, if we were really honest with ourselves, thinking about how God is working in us, we are a workmanship of God, we're supposed to be God's masterpiece, but sometimes maybe we, we look more like weird art really, in our life with God, right? But we're not called to be weird art. We're not called to be confusing to the world around us. We're called to be a masterpiece. That's what he says we are. We're supposed to be God's masterpiece, something new that God has created through the power, through the conviction, through those little nudges of the Holy Spirit so that the whole world can see God's love and grace by what he's done in our life right? So that we can be set apart to go and be involved in God's mission. And what is God's mission? To reconcile all people through Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. That's what God's mission is. And if that's God's mission, and we're God's people, then that is our mission as God's people, to reconcile all people to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our mission as the church. So how do we fulfill our mission? By going into the world and being the presence of love and grace and kindness for the world to see. That's how we fulfill our mission. Yesterday we had this event here, and uh, I talked about it a little bit already, the, the Share Fest, and it was this wonderful day that we did all this good and collected all these things, right? Um, people from all over who knows where donated canned goods and paper goods and all kinds of stuff, and we brought it here, and then we gave it to other people who will then take it and give it to those in need. It was a wonderful day, a beautiful day. A lot of great things happened yesterday. A lot of good was accomplished yesterday for this charitable service. It was good, and I don't want to take away from anything. I don't want you to misread anything I'm saying here. It was a wonderful, beautiful day, and we did a lot of good things but it was charitable service yesterday, meaning that could have been done by a scout group. What we did in our church with other churches could have been done by FFA. Wonderful, wonderful organizations, wonderful programs. But what we did yesterday really could have been done by any group or organization. It didn't have to be churches doing what we did yesterday. In fact, it could have been done by atheists, right? People that don't even believe in God could have collected food to be distributed to the hungry. Great humanitarian efforts don't take Christian faith to be done. Some of the greatest humanitarians in our society today are atheists. They don't even believe there is a God and do great, wonderful things, helping the impoverished and the poor. 
So what's the difference between charitable service and Christian service? Well, Christian service is for the sole purpose of fulfilling God's mission, bringing people to Jesus Christ, right? That's our purpose. That is our mission. So our service is for the whole purpose of fulfilling God's mission. And while it was a wonderful day, again, I don't want to, you know, collecting money, collecting food for the hungry, collecting anything for charitable purposes, only good can come from that, I think. I really believe that. And can God work through that? I think so. I think God can, you know, as they feel some love, as they feel, you know, some kindness, I think God can work through that. But I don't think that's quite exactly what we're called to do completely. That's not exactly, that doesn't encompass all that we are called to do as the church, the presence of kindness and grace in this world, right? It was a wonderful day, great things happened, but the difference is when we're doing our Christian service, it's for the purpose of fulfilling God's mission. That happens through contact. That happens through relationship. That happens through a handshake. And we just wanted to bless you with this gift. That happens with sitting next to someone saying, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm here with you. Christian service is for the purpose of fulfilling God's mission, which means we've got to go and be present. For kindness and grace to be present through us means we have to be present with them, right? I think charitable services are wonderful and great, but sometimes we rely a little bit too much on that and say, I'm fulfilling my Christian mission by doing these things because it's really easy to write a check. It's really easy to collect goods to be handed out. And I want to be clear, very clear on this. We should be generous in supporting the food pantry. We should be generous in supporting the clothes closet because they're reaching people that maybe we can't as the church. We should be very generous when we support those organizations, but that can't end there. Our Christian service does not end with that. It's got to go a step further. It's got to go beyond these walls and beyond the collection plates. It's got to go beyond what happens through collections and, and gatherings. It's got to be through relationship that we build. Because that's where God's love and grace are present. When we are present in those moments. So maybe if we thought about Christian service, if we thought about our mission just a little differently, that might help us to really kind of get a hold of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians, as the church, as God's holy people set apart for his holy purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, it, it says this. It says that we are carefully joined together with Jesus Christ to become a holy temple for the Lord. We are carefully joined together, you personally, you and your life, and you back here, even you guys back here, you're, you're not out of this, it's you too. You are joined together carefully with Jesus Christ to be the temple of the Lord. I want you to do something with me real quick. I want everybody to take their hands, I want you to put them on your chest, just like this. Everybody do it. Back there too, yeah. All right. We will not leave this place till everybody does this, all right? All right. Right here. What that's saying is this is where God lives. Right here, where your hands are. That's where the Spirit of God lives. We don't have to go to a temple in Jerusalem to be in the presence of God. Because the presence of God is right here. Right there where your hands are. Can you feel something? Can you feel anything holy happening inside of there? I mean, if the answer is no, then there's another conversation that we need to have. And that's, I think, what Dan's been talking about, about welcoming the presence of God into our lives. But if the answer is yes, I can feel that there is something. I know this is where God lives. This is where God is then we have a question that we've got to answer. What are we doing to take the presence of God into the world around us? 
What are you doing to take this presence of grace and kindness to where you are every day? Where are you taking this presence to fulfill your Christian mission? Where you go is where the presence of God is. That's where the example of grace and kindness and love is everywhere you go. So in those moments, where are you taking this presence to be grace and kindness for the purpose of reconciling people to to God through Jesus Christ? That's Christian service. It may be as simple as holding the door open, is what we told the kids, for a stranger. It may be as simple as, how's your day going? And actually mean it. Actually ask because you want to know how that person's day is going, not just something randomly said as we pass on by. That's Christian service. Connecting with other human beings so that they will grow in grace and love and kindness of God. Christian service and mission is taking the presence of God out into the world and allowing others to experience God through our actions of love and kindness. And that can't happen if we're too busy to feed the hungry. It can't happen if we're too reluctant to care for the sick. It can't happen if we're too stubborn, too prideful to go sit with the stranger. And frankly, it can't happen if we're too uppity to welcome the least and the lowest of people. Once you were dead, now you are alive in Christ. I think the world needs to see that, don't you? We're not just a collection of saved individuals called to set in our blessed assurance. We are called and created to take part in God's holy mission. So as a church, we ask, what is God doing, right? We're created anew in Christ to do what God has already planned to do. So that means God's already at work. We look around our community and we say, what is God doing in our community and how can we be a part of that? As individuals, we say, what is God already doing in the world around me and how can I be a part of that? little warning, if you take part in the table talk conversations, you might want to think about those questions. Ponder those. Those will tonight at 6 p.m. in the education building, Tuesday, 6.30 in the education building. Those questions will come up. What's God doing? And how can we, or how can I be a part of that? It's so easy for us to just send off some money, send off some canned goods, and think that we are doing our Christian service, but that's not it. It's good. We should do that. Our Christian service is going out into the world filled with that love and grace, bringing that love and grace. The love and grace that has been shown to us in our lives, we're supposed to extend to them in their lives so that God would be seen and they would experience this through us, the church. Because we are the church. We are God's masterpiece, His work of art. We are a living example of the good news of Jesus Christ in a world that is desperate to see it. Come with me. Come with me. Let's go and show them. Let's go and show them what grace looks like. Let's show them what kindness really looks like. Come with me. Because they're desperate to see it. Amen. Amen. Can we have our ushers come forward, please? Um, 
So I do this kind of different than Dan does. If you guys want to come on up, sorry. I like to pray before offering. So, um, so don't tell Dan. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't think I'd get in trouble or anything. But I like to pray before. Um, so if you would please join me in prayer. God, you, you ask us to be your presence of love and grace in the world. And you created us to go and do that very thing. And part of one way that we can do that is by giving, is by collections and the gathering of goods and, and monies and, and, and things that we can go and do your good work in this community. But part of it, and probably the biggest part of it, is for us to go and do that. In this moment, in this place, with you here, we make an offering of our entire selves. We offer to you our financial gift. We offer to you our time, our energy, our resources, all that we are to adore you, worship you, and serve you as our holy God. We give to you in Christ's name, amen. Heavenly Father, receive this gift of love and grace, fill it, divide, multiply it, and help us to use it for your benefit. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Let's all join our, our voices together as we sing, Here I Am, Lord.
We made it. <laughs> Here we are, Lord. We are examples of grace and kindness. We are the living gospel, right? Living examples of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now go. Be that example. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, whosoever path crosses yours, be that example of grace and kindness that is shown to you that they would come to know God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go in peace.